Welcome to the Seek Forgiveness Podcast. Hello. Before we begin, Seek Forgiveness is raising money for a book project called Mental Health Kihundahe to raise awareness of mental health issues for Sikh and Punjabi communities, complete with translations. You can donate on the GoFundMe page and the link is in the show notes. So even if you can't, please share it on social media and help us tackle mental health stigmas in Sikh and Punjabi communities. Today, Sandy speaks to Sunita from Just Say It How It Is, talking to her about her experience of divorce. Sunita talks about her thoughts and the process of getting divorced, the way in which it affected her, her relationship with her family and the issues leading up to a divorce. She discusses issues of coercion, substance misuse, and psychological manipulation. Welcome everyone who is listening in to today's podcast. Today we have with us Sunita Corsera, also known as Cease. Thank you for joining us today, Sunita. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Sandy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, please introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay, so my name's Danita, but people know me better as Cease. It's just a, a nickname from uh, childhood. Um, I work for the police. I'm in forensic services. I've um, been there now for quite a while. Um, and I also write my own blogs, um, just say it how it is. Um, and I started that about two about two years ago now. So yeah, it's um, it's taken me on a journey. It's made me meet quite a few great people like yourself. So it's always good. So you're one of our frontline workers, I know. Thank you. That's all we oh, should be saying for putting yourself <laughs> out there and supporting us while we're able to have that time at home to keep everybody safe. You're still out there trying to keep every, all of us safe. Yeah, it's so been. Thank you so much. Okay. I mean, we're just doing the job. I mean, it's not the same for like the NHS. I mean, they have one tough job. Um, with I've got a lot of family at the moment that are in the NHS, like my cousin's sister. She's a nurse and then my husband's uh Bobby and Bargy they're both surgeons and GPs and they're completely on the front line and then my mum Margie he's a paramedic so my journey is a little bit different to theirs but yeah it's um it's been very tough but you just got to plod on don't you not much we can do at the moment no we can only do what we're guided to do, um do by the government as well as trying to keep everybody else safe as keep ourselves safe too that's true um, so thank you for joining us and being able to talk about that subject that never gets mentioned within <clears throat> South Asian communities the big d word mm-hmm. divorce how did that come about for you and what made you make that decision for yourself um there was many factors um when I first got married uh, there was a lot of the warning signs were there but I think for me I think because it was a love marriage as well it wasn't an arranged marriage I felt like I needed to make sure that I could make sure that it works so I didn't kind of have people say look you know what I told you so you should have not gone through with it but you know when you love somebody you love somebody don't you and there's not much you can do your head kind of like while your heart rules more what your head's saying and that was kind of what happened with me so we got married and a lot of stuff happened throughout sort of the wedding process and then continuing you know when we got uh, um, our place and stuff he was just very very hard work 
and I knew he was going to be hard work, but I didn't imagine my life to be that bad um, being with him at the time. How was the, when you said your family were saying it wasn't the right choice and they were very protective of you, why were they so protective? What Looking so back now, what kind of signs do you think you didn't miss then? So I've known this guy all my life, like, you know, he was a family friend. So I grew up with him as well. And then obviously we lost contact for many, many years. So my mom's brothers and, you know, other people around me, they were kind of saw a different side to him that I obviously never saw because I never really saw him. So I think they were kind of like looking out for me to be like, look, he is a bit of a drinker. He's, you know, a bit of a womanizer I think this is probably not you know a good idea for you but you know I just I didn't see that for myself at the time so I just I didn't listen um and it wasn't sort of like we started you know seeing each other and we decided to make that decision of getting married I did start to see that he did drink a lot and he couldn't always stop at one so he used to just like to drink quite a bit so it was it was those kind of signs and just he was very flaky in terms of like trying to meet up with me he wasn't always there it was there was just many things but I just thought no after we get married things will get better because I you know I wanted to marry him at the time and you thought it was I guess you would have thought it was um the right decision for you yeah I did think it was the right decision but it wasn't until you know, I think maybe a week leading up to the wedding where I just thought, oh, this is this is a big mistake, but I couldn't pull out. I just couldn't pull out. Um, and the reason I felt that way was it's because I saw him, I think, maybe 10 days, I think, before the wedding. And my parents like, you know, make sure that he is wearing his gutter from the Gramai you know, make sure he's got it and whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll speak to him to make sure because he, he just wasn't very good at stuff like that. And I kept saying to him, I was like, where, you know, where's your gutter? Where Where is it? He's like, oh, no, I've given it to my mom. It's safe. And I was like, all right, fine. And he put a jacket down and, some, and, and a receipt dropped out. And he had actually pawned in the gutter that my parents had actually bought for him. So I was just like, you know, where did that money go? Like, you know, what did you do with that money? And he said, I had to give it to my mom to pay for my side of the wedding. And, you know, after everything happened, I actually did speak to his mom and she's like, he's never given me a penny. So it was from there where I started to realise actually, you know what, he lies a lot. And even to this day, I still don't know what he did with that money. How was your relationship with his family? Fine. I actually had a very good relationship. That this is this is another weird thing. The problem was only with him. I didn't have any problems um, with his family whatsoever. His mum was one of the nicest women I've ever met in my life, and I've seen her since um, because obviously because of the family friends. Well, you know, a family kind of relation. I've seen her a few times now, and it was awkward first time when I saw her. But after that, it's not been bad. But they were really good to me. Even when I went to see her to say, you know what, I cannot be with him anymore. These are my reasons. She was just like, you just do what you need to do. Like she never said, oh, you must stay with him. You must do this. They were really supportive. And I wasn't really expecting that. 
How did that make you feel? To be honest, I knew I was going to get the support from my parents because when I sat down with my mom and dad, I said, look, these are my reasons. You know, I cannot be with this guy anymore. He is just too much. They were like, yeah, fine. And I knew I was going to get that support from my mom and dad. But when I went to his, because I went to, to his mom just to give out of respect to say, look, this is the reason I cannot, I just cannot be with him. I wasn't, I was more expecting her to say, you know what, actually, you know, we spent all this money and you know what people are going to say anything she didn't say that all she said is look if you're not happy you leave him to it and you get on with your life and that was it it was no I didn't feel judged by her she didn't criticize me she didn't do anything like that and I think maybe deep down she knew probably what he was like anyway um because when we first got married we rented a place um you know in the Midlands because he couldn't get a property. he I didn't even know this. He, his credit rating wasn't great and we couldn't buy a place. But to be honest, in hindsight, I'm really glad that we couldn't because the way he was with money wasn't, wasn't great. So everything was in my name in terms of the rental property, council tax bills. Um, and then I was obviously having to pay for all that myself financially. He didn't help me with a penny, nothing at all. Um, I paid for everything myself. And then I had to get myself to work as well. And then it came to a point where it just got too much. And I just says to him, look, I cannot financially do everything myself. Like, you know, this is literally killing me having to do all of this. And I had to ring my dad and I was just like, look, um, I need to come home um, for maybe like three or four months just so I can, we could save a bit of money. You know, I live too far away from work. I kind of made some excuses and um, he was like, all right, you guys can come back here. You can stay here and, you know, save money or whatever. Because his family didn't really want us to be staying there. And I think they had issues with him anyway. So I was all right to go there and stuff. But they, he had a bit of, um, how can I put it, just a, not a great relationship with his family. I think the family situation with him now is fine. But back then we couldn't go back there. So normally in traditions, you go back to the boy side of the family, but it wasn't it wasn't the case for me. I went back, we went back to my parents and it was really weird having to go back there after being married and going to stay back with your parents. I feel like I felt like I had gone back a step and that was really difficult. But my dad knew there was something wrong, but he never asked me. He was waiting for me to basically come up to him and just say, you know what, I've I've got a problem or something's not right. And he started to keep an eye on the situation when we were living in the house and saw what he was actually like. I used to work. He he used to be self-employed. He used to go whenever he wanted to go. Some days he would just disappear for days, uh, two days on a trot. We just never even used to know where he used to go. Um, and this is why we were staying at my parents. Now, in my mom and dad's household, they don't have alcohol in the house and he used to drink alcohol in my bedroom um, and I used to find like vodka bottles and stuff behind my bed and he was smoking outside um, in, my, in my bedroom window you know it's like things like that like he just did not respect my family he didn't obviously clearly respect me and it was little it was it was not little things but it was things like that that he just he just didn't so many things that led me to have to leave him you know stealing taking stuff of mine like like just 
just so many things he took like he sold my chain that my nineteen grand had got me for my 21st you know that's something I will never be able to get back again and you know even my grandparents oh it's okay we'll get you another one but I'm like that's not the point (laughs) he stole Mm. it it's something I'm never you know that sentimental value I don't wear gold I don't have anything that's gold but anything that I do have of that sentimental value means a lot for my grandparents so you know he just he just was very difficult um and then when we were sort of like in the marriage he would be accusing me of having affairs going off um with a muslim guy um saying that i was um seeing another guy and it was just like i couldn't understand in in that time i was working the same shifts that i do now like i've always done 24 7 shifts i've always done like early lates and nights and i thought to myself i don't even have time to do anything and all that time is because he was obviously doing stuff himself um and I just couldn't understand why he would be accusing me of this. And he was trying to tarnish my name and going around telling people that I was seeing this Muslim guy. And I actually still keep in touch with the guy that he actually accused me of. And I just thought it was just ridiculous. There was just so many things. How long were you in the marriage before you made the decision to um, go through a divorce? Um, about 16 months. Oh, wow. So you did give it your best shot to try and see how it would go and how to support him. Yeah. Tried pretty much everything um, to try and make it work. Even having to move back to my parents' house, and that for me was really difficult. You know, it was really hard going back home because, you know, we used to have family and stuff that come round. And, you know, my parents used to say, oh, they've just come down for, um, come to see us and stuff. They never told anybody that we were living there because my dad like, look, I don't want people to say anything that you guys are staying here. Um, mm. And he goes, that's not more because I'm embarrassed. He said it was more because really you should be staying with them. But obviously the situation was very different. So we couldn't do that. But he just, um, yeah, he just messed up the whole relationship. And I think for him, he blames me. He said it was... Um, me and I was doing this and I wasn't interested and just it was it wasn't he didn't look at himself to think actually look of all the stuff that I've done you know what I mean like it was so embarrassing you know he just he just got himself into trouble all the time and I was working in the police and my my actual application for becoming an officer at the time was going through and they had to defer my application and everything because of all the stuff that he had been doing would have jeopardized that as well. So he never, he hated my job. He absolutely hated my job. He didn't like me being in the police. So he tried everything he could to try and um, stop me from, you know, advancing in, in my career. How um, did you make the first step with finalizing or approaching the conversation with him? Um, so it all kind of came to head when he had disappeared for two days and he came back to my mum and dad's house and he kind of like made out like he had told us that, you know, he was staying away. And even my mum was like, well, no, actually, you didn't do that. No one had heard from you. He came up and he went to sleep. He just knocked out. Clearly, I think he had a drink. 
Um, and his phone just uh, wouldn't stop ringing, 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 ringing. And I was just like, what is going on? And I answered it and it was a girl. And it came out that obviously he was seeing this girl who was with her for nearly seven months. And he was even with her on our first year wedding anniversary. So after speaking to her, I'd realised that obviously he was, you know, um, having an affair. So for me, after I'd spoken to him, it, it really came to head and it was a very, very um, bad argument. And I just said, you need to leave my mum and dad's house and you've literally got like an hour or two to leave. And he packed his stuff. He got his friend to, to you know, um, take his stuff and he went. And then I spoke to my parents and said, look, this is the stuff that's been going on. I finally told my parents everything that had happened. I actually kept everything to myself, including that to my best friends as well. I didn't tell anybody what was going on. No one at work knew what was going on. I just kept it to myself. And then once I found that out, I told my parents. Next day, um, I went and got a solicitor, contacted them saying this is what I needed to do. Then the same day, I went and saw his mum and said, this is the reason why I'm not being with him. And I've contacted a solicitor and and that, and that was it for me. How did you feel after you had made those first steps? Honestly, I felt really relieved. I knew for quite a long period of time that it wasn't working and how he would accuse me of so many things. To be honest, I felt quite betrayed as well because I think I could have, I was coping with the stuff that was going on. Um, but I think when someone cheats on you, that's just another step that I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal with. Mm. And it, it's going on for a long period of time. It's obviously like what, seven months is a long time, you know, and then he was accusing me of stuff. And I remember once I was going out on, um, a works night out, never been on a works night out, um, since we got married before that, we all used to go out as a team and we, I didn't get back till really late. And I noticed when I got home, when I got dropped off, I noticed my bedroom light was on. So I thought, great, he's clearly still awake. And when I went upstairs, he had my laptop and he was trying to get into all my social media. He's like, you've been messing around. Where have you been? What have you been doing? And I was like, I've, well, you know where I've been. I said, I've been out with my work lot. And he's like, I want all your passwords. I want, I want to know where you've been. And I was just, I was just looking at him. I was like, and he was getting more and more angry. He was just getting really, really angry. He was just like, I want to know where you've been. So I was like, here you go. I said, here's my Facebook. I put my password in and um, gave it to him. And then I got tagged by all my team of where we were. And then he looked at the photos, closed my laptop and went back to sleep. And oh. We were sleeping in separate rooms. So he wouldn't even give me my own bedroom back. So I had to sleep in my mum's study because he wouldn't, he just would not give me my room to sleep in. So I used to sleep on the floor in um, my mum's study every day while we were there because I wouldn't sleep in the same room as him. And I wouldn't, there was just, I just knew there was, I knew there was something wrong, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And it wasn't until that phone call had happened that I knew my gut instinct was right. And yeah, he just, um, yeah, he had a lot of insecurities clearly. During the process of your divorce and um, family members' support, especially immediate one from like your mum and dad, and obviously mm. as well from his mum and his family, 
How yeah. did you feel or from the community around you once they were beginning to find out what your situation was? Um, community, I don't really, I mean, really, I didn't really have much issue really with the community because I'm lucky because my parents were, I'm very vocal anyway, and my parents really like, they didn't think it was an issue. That if I wasn't happy in a relationship, my dad's always said, if you're not happy, you don't stay in a relationship. And he always says, you should never chase someone um, if they don't want to be with you. And he, he always said that to me. Um, when this all came out, my brother was actually getting married and people were asking me, like, you know, like people who didn't know, oh, so where's your husband? And first thing I said was he was at work. And my dad actually said, he's like, why are you telling people he's at work? He's like, just tell the truth. So when people did ask, I was like, okay, we're not, we are not together at the moment. We're not, we're not going to be staying together. And I was lucky because my dad was never embarrassed. He always made me feel never to feel embarrassed that I left a relationship that was just not good for me. Um, and I was quite lucky, even with my grandparents, they were really, really good. I mean, but my baby couldn't really understand too much about it. So she kind of sort of was like, um, you know, what will, pe what will people say? Will she be able to remarry again? Um, because obviously I was 31 then, 31 when I left. Um, so he just kind of, well, 30 was I. I can't even remember the age, now is that long ago? <laughs> but, um, she just was very worried more about me never being able to settle. And it wasn't in a in a way where it was like judgmental. It was a way like, oh, I just hope she finds somebody. But will she get that label of being divorced? Um, and that was her main concern. But with my other side of the grandparents, they were just, they were not bothered. They were more bothered that I was hurt, but not bothered the fact that I was going to get divorced. They were just like, it does happen. Um, and they were like, you just can't stay in a relationship if you're not happy in. Do you think within the South Asian community, for sure, that the label divorce is still a massive taboo? Yeah, I think in certain families, possibly, yeah. I mean, I didn't have that from my side of the family but when me and Shaman got together, his family were not very happy that I was divorced um, or that was a little bit older than him because he was the youngest. And they were just sort of like, mm, this is not a good decision. You know, she's divorced. She's already been married before. Like, do you really want to get with somebody that's been married? Um, and he never had a problem. And I remember when I first met him and I told him, the first thing I actually said was, oh, I'm divorced. And he just looked at me and he was like, yeah. I was like, oh. He's like, why are you telling me that? And I was like, well, I thought it was quite important for you to know. He's like, I don't have an issue. But he did say straight away, he goes, my family are from India and they have a different mentality. And he goes, I feel like they will struggle with this and it might take us a while for us to make them understand that divorce isn't a big deal. And, and he was very true with what he said because they couldn't get their heads around it for a very, very long time. And they made me feel quite... I never felt anything when I got divorced from my own family and stuff. I wasn't really too too bothered until I met him and his family found out that I was divorced. It did make me feel a little bit um, crappy because I felt... They kind of made me feel like I had done something wrong for quite a while I mean they've now 
come round to the obvious idea because his mum and his family came to the wedding. But I think it made me feel not very comfortable. Do you think there's a um, a different type of stigma um, with the label of divorce for men and women, or do you think it's equally divided the judgment? No, I think women get it a lot harder. I don't think men, men for men it's very easy, isn't it? They can just um, remarry straight away and just have kids. It's like they don't have the label, but for women it's always like, oh, she's been married before. Is she going to be able to have kids? How old was she? Or you know, you get you the women do get the label, and I feel like for men it's a lot easier for them to get up and move on. For me, I he ran off when I got when when we got divorced. He just disappeared. He didn't face any family. We had one family meeting, um, and that was it. Where we all we I had to sit in front of him for the for the first, last time. You know, and it was very very bad meeting that was um, with his mom and you know his sister and stuff. And I had my mom with me just to have that meeting for the families. Just to my dad refused to go. He didn't want to go. He was like, "You go and do what you need to do," and. I don't know, it was just, uh, for him, I think he just didn't face anybody. And for me, when my brother got married, everybody was asking questions. Everybody's wondering what was going on. So I feel like women do get more of the label than men do because I don't think he had any of that from what I'm aware of. Do you think men are able to just, you know, go on with life without any questions with regards to divorces and and um unsuccessful marriages do you think men do what sorry so you've mentioned as in like your your ex-husband he didn't have to face any of his um the current situations that you were going through so the family meetings the acknowledgement of his wrongdoings he was just able to walk away and not have to face it do you think men have that option without any consequences they feel free to do that yeah i do i totally do he only turned up to that meeting um, because he had to be there um, because he we they, they needed to have this meeting for everybody to just kind of be on the same pace that everyone knew right this is actually what's happening. He after that I never saw him again. I mean he made it very difficult for me to divorce him. He wouldn't divorce he wouldn't divorce me. He wouldn't sign the papers. He wanted to do marriage counselling. I was like no, it's never going to happen. And then he just literally disappeared. And then I was left with having to speak to everybody. Um, my dad saw him when one of my family members got married. My family saw him. I wasn't there. And that was the last time anybody saw him. So he's never really faced anybody apart from then. And that was, what, nearly six? No, hang on. It would be nearly seven years. He would have faced it seven years. And I had to face it straight on because my brother was also getting married at the time. He announced his engagement and everything. So I feel like men really do find it easier just to move on and not having to face it. How did you feel um, with, with while going through that process? I mean, you mentioned that um, your dad was very supportive during your brother's marriage and yeah. had said, you know, be honest with people. There's nothing to fear. Was there parts of fear that was, that you were feeling at the time when you were telling family members that he was at work? Yeah, I think it's because everybody knew him and everyone knew the family. And I think that was my worry. And I also 
had a relationship with his mom and I really respected his mom and his family as well. And I, and I, I had that in the back of my mind too. And I think my initial reaction was just, oh yeah, he's at work. That was just my reaction. And my dad was just like, um, no, he's not at work. Don't be afraid to just say what you need to say. And I was like, okay. And that's what I did. And then at the wedding, when people asked and he was like, yeah, I've left him. We're not together. But I never, ever gave the reasons on why. And a lot of people don't really know why I I left him. Obviously, his immediate family and everybody know. Mm. But, you know, other people, they just think it just never, it just never worked. And I just kept kind of kept it that way. More for the respect for his mom as well. Because I've seen her since. And, you know, I had a really good relationship with her. Awesome really humbling to hear because it's it's quite difficult when you hear of divorces there's always usually yeah, yeah. something about it's a difficult relationship with the in-laws or um yeah things didn't work because there was too much interference and it really goes to show that actually every single divorce everything or every single relationship has their own journey their own path and the giving someone the label of a divorce or why that was put in place it's not really valid because yeah, I mean, people even have to make like, decisions. Sorry, go yeah, on. I mean, even once, sorry, even once when the relationship ended, we still gave, you know, she gave me like a, you know, when you get married, they give you gold. <laughs> they gave, <laughs> gave me a really nice set. I actually gave it back and she was really shocked that we had given it back. And my mum was sort of like, look, she doesn't want to keep it. She feels like, you know, mm. maybe you can sell it. Or you could, you know, melt it down and give it to, you know, one of your granddaughters or something. She just couldn't believe that I would want to give it back. I was like, look, I, I can't, I can't keep it. I'm no longer married to your son, and, you know, you're you're an old pensioner, and you could use that for something else. Mm. And she she just couldn't she couldn't believe it because I think bearing in mind, obviously, what he had done, you know, he had sold some of the stuff that my yeah. parents had given him. I think she was probably a bit shocked, but at the end of the day, that was my decision, and I feel like it was the right decision. After everything that you've been through, um, made the decision, and you've had such an amazing support, what hope would you give for those who are going through a difficult time in their relationships with their partners or their husbands? I think that if you're in an unhappy relationship, don't feel obliged to stay. And also, if you know there's warning signs like I did, I still continue to stay in a relationship, even though I knew it wasn't right for me. And unfortunately, it really did affect my own mental health and the way I saw myself. And even with my career and stuff, I went so far behind. And it's only now I've been able to sort myself out and meet somebody else get into a job that I've needed to get into which I lost um and I feel like there is hope at the end of the tunnel you just you just got to know your own value you've got to know who you are as a person and just don't let somebody make you feel like you are nothing because that's exactly how my ex-husband made me feel he actually even said to me when I left he even said look you're going to amount to absolutely nothing. You're going to be the same person. And when I see you next, you're going to be in the same position where I left you. But actually, he didn't leave me. And I am in a much better position than he is in. Even though it's not a competition, he still made that out to be a competition. 
So I always just say like, do stuff for yourself and make yourself happy because unless you love yourself, no one else is going to love you. And that's that's how I had to build myself up. I had to look at myself first and say, you know, what do I want to do? How can I improve myself? What do I want to do in life? What have I lost? And what can I gain now? Like, what can I do with work? And that's what I did. And, yeah. How long after your divorce did you make the decision to want to be with somebody else? That just happened. I didn't even, I was not looking to meet anybody whatsoever. He turned up when I least expected it. Um, I was at an event um, in the home office and he was there representing the army and I was there for the police. And we just kind of just got to know each other. And it didn't even turn into a relationship. We became we became friends first. And I was still going through my divorce. And he even said to me, he goes, look, I don't want to start a relationship until you are completely out of your divorce. Because he goes, I don't want your mind to be on that relationship. I want your mind to be on the present. And we stayed friends for nearly three and a half months before we even um, became a relationship because he wanted me to have a clear mindset so he was a really good support and I didn't even know it he was such a good friend at the start and I didn't even know it was going to turn into anything and little did I know we were ever going to get married but yeah it was um not something I expected it just happened naturally and you recently got married that's correct is it a year now um no, we've been married. We got married December last year, so it's only been a couple four four months or so. But we've been together um, quite a while now, nearly five years. Um, so yeah, he's been a massive, massive support in my life, and I never thought I'd ever meet someone that is like my equal, because he is just someone that just doesn't judge. And I've honestly felt like when I when I met him, I thought, look, I need to tell him everything about me and. Is he going to worry that I'm divorced or whatever? But he wasn't. He was just like, I'm not bothered at all. He's like, I like you for who you are. And we built up such a good friendship, which then went on to a relationship. And it's it's been brilliant. He's showed me so many things that I never knew really existed, like how a real relationship is actually meant to be. And on that note, I think um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and understand how divorce isn't a label and definitely shouldn't be a label for men or women. And we do have the rights to make the decisions for what's best for ourselves. Um, yeah, it wasn't an easy decision, you know, even trying to get getting into a relationship with him as well. Like it was... Um, difficult because I think he struggled with me as well because I had a big trust issues you know I'll just give you one example before we do go like my ex-husband he used to nick my card out of my bag and stuff and because he knew my pin he just used to take money out like for many times when we were together I used to hide like my purse and I used to hide my bag and he used to say to me he's like why are you doing that and I said you know what subconsciously that's just the way I have been for so long I find it very difficult to trust anybody and I think he's now showed me obviously we've been together for a very long time obviously our relationship is very very good and you can meet somebody so he he's taught me a lot about myself as well and trust so I think 
yeah, divorce is hard, but you will get through it. And you will, you people will eventually meet somebody. Just it's sometimes people on other journeys, isn't it? That their time is different to somebody else. That's one hundred percent true. I mean, everybody's path and journey is different to one another, and I think as as individuals ourselves, we tend to compare a lot. Yeah, um, we do. And your journey is very unique to many women and men out there because you had support from your family you had support from your ex-in-laws as well and you did the things the best way you could have for both families and every situation is different and giving person the label or any label is is hard and it shouldn't be there anyway Because it is damaging to your mental health, which then also impacts your physical health. And depending on how it's impacted that individual, it could be a long term effect. Now, on the other hand, you know, if you didn't have the support from your family and didn't have the support from your ex-in-laws, your mental state or your um, ability to want to move on would have been completely different. Yeah, and agree it, it, I'm just so lucky that I did have that support because I, I you know I've got great parents you know I had I've got three brothers who you know were so good you know and you know I've got my cousins and stuff who also were equally just as good and you know when I eventually told my best friend everything you know I had that support as well they were just used to, they used to say to me why did you not ever say anything and I think I just said, look, I didn't want people to turn around and say, I told you so, when I knew people weren't very happy that we'll get married anyway. But I felt, I said, look, I needed to do everything in my power to make sure I, I could look back and say, you know what? I tried to make this marriage work, but it just did not work out. You know, I know there might be things about me that he obviously said was a problem. You know what I mean? I'm never, I'm never going to say it was just all his fault because I switched off I wasn't very emotional I wasn't very affectionate I wasn't I just completely closed off because of everything that he was putting me through so I think it was just very difficult but I think without that support I don't know where I would have where I would have been and I do feel sorry for the women who have been divorced who didn't have that support because that must have been really difficult for them then to be able to grow as a person as well and be able to do their day-to-day stuff and you know I mean I just I just think people should be more supportive when it comes to divorce because it's not an easy decision to make you know what I mean it's not it's not it's not easy it took me a long time before I'm like yeah I'm going to divorce him I stuck at it for as long as I could I think it's very difficult for anybody to make such a big decision that involves so many different people but ultimately making the decision that's right for you it's ultimately the most difficult thing because it's not something that we're ever given or even known to have the opportunity to think about because it's not a talked about subject um and you know firstly it's making the decision and accepting that's a decision that you want to make but then also going through the process I mean depending on the individual circumstances or the couples or the family divorce can be a very long process and it can be very hurtful oh yeah I mean mine was a very long process because he just wouldn't divorce me 
he used to lose the paperwork, say he didn't know where it is, he never received anything. And, you know, and, it, and because I petitioned for divorce, I'm the one that had to pay for it. So obviously every letter and stuff that he was, you know, messing around with, you know, it cost me money. And I felt like he was still, even towards the end, still on some sort of power trip. He was still trying to control the situation. You know, eventually his family got involved, you know, and he signed the papers and that and that was the end of it. And then I never, ever, he never bothered me again. We've never spoken ever since. And yeah, it was very long. I mean, the process of actually just getting a, an appointment and going through everything, that was that was the easy thing. But trying to get him to sign those papers, they were, he was, yeah, he just would not do them. And it's painful for you to have to be able to keep going through that, that situation, really. Um, and I think that's what people don't really understand is, you know, the yeah. word in it itself is such a harsh word. But the process of trying to, end that chapter in your life is an even difficult journey for someone yeah. having to rebuild yourself having to build a new life and find new things that you want to do find who you really are what you truly want and as you you weren't looking for a relationship but yeah. something blossomed and you found a friend your closest friend and now your partner and your husband yeah. who has been your biggest support in the past five six years yeah um, I mean He's been a good support in the last, in what's well, nearly five years, yeah. He, I never knew, you know, apart from my dad and my brothers and stuff, you know, I have that good relationship. I never thought I'd ever meet somebody that would be, you know, like that. And he is very supportive, even with this podcast and stuff. And he was like, you know, what are you talking about? I told him, he's like, just go and do it. Go and do it. Say what you need to say. And, you know, he was just, he just supports everything in terms of like even my blogs and things like my ex-husband just never wanted me to ever progress. He never wanted me to do anything good. Um, and with him, he supports me. He's like, what are you going to do? Like, just keep doing different things. And I think we both support each other because obviously he's on his own journey as well. And he also, the good thing with him being in the army and me in the police is that we both understand our shifts. We both understand that we're not always going to be around each other all the time. And that and that's probably why it works as well. We have a really good understanding. And I feel like because we were friends first, I think that helped. And I, I felt like I could talk to him about everything. And he knew everything that was going on with the divorce because he kind of was on that little journey towards the end with me. And I think that's what I, I respect a lot about him is that he didn't push me to be in a relationship. He wanted me to, you know completely close that chapter before me and him could progress into anything else and honestly I just they don't make men like him anymore I tell you <laughs> he's such a, good, such a good one even though he tells me that all the time but um yeah he was he's a really good person so yeah I'm just um yeah he's just so good it's um so lovely to hear that after such a turbulent um marriage the first time that you found true happiness and love and support and trust with yeah. your current husband and may that forever be in your path and I think one of the most important things that our listeners should be taking away from today's podcast is that if you are going through a difficult relationship if you are going through a divorce the storm will pass and it will take time. Yeah. But build on yourself, learn to love yourself, 
and learn what makes you happy, only then will you see the happiness that other people want for you. A hundred percent. That's what I did. I looked at myself first. You know, there was times where I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror because he made me feel like I was absolutely nothing. So I had to go away and just really work on myself. And that's what I did. And I've come back stronger. I'm in a good relationship. Like I said, got a new job. We bought our own house. Like Everything that I've wanted to do, I've done with the right person. But first, I always say, first work on yourself. Make sure you are happy with what you are looking at when you when it looks back at you in the mirror, because for many years for me I couldn't I couldn't do that. But now it's a different situation. And finally, from all of this, there is always hope in finding happiness. That's truly what you're looking for. Yeah, hundred percent. When you least expect it, honestly, it did for me and. It will do. It will. It will. It will happen for for others as well. Thank you so much for sharing your your journey with us, and we are so happy for you. And you. first year anniversary in December. Hopefully, COVID yeah. will be <laughs> slowly, slowly out of the picture by then, and you'll get to have a beautiful anniversary together. I said I had major plans, so hopefully I'll be able to do those, but. We'll see how what happens in December. I'm sure it will be amazing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your path Thank and journey you. with us. Brilliant. Been Is great. there anything else you would like to say to our listeners before we head off? Just love yourself and don't worry what other people are saying because they're not important. What the only the only opinion that matters is what you think of yourself. That's all you need to worry about. And that's really all I have to say. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was lovely to speak to you and lovely to have you on our podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been great.